Amen. Well, I want to say how much I appreciate the tremendous job our brother did. And uh, I tell you what, I, I thoroughly enjoy the aspects of hearing what God has done and can do in the lives of, of individuals. And um, it's exciting to me because uh, I know that uh, if he can do it in the life of another, that God is no respecter of persons, and he can do it in my life. And uh, I tell you what, I want to be to the point in my life that I'm living close enough that God can do those things in my heart, in my life, that I can be sensitive in hearing Him. And uh, I so much appreciate being being reminded of uh, those things. And I'm glad that God, even during the invitation, could speak to my heart. I'm, I, I tell you what, I I don't want ever I don't want ever get to the point that I don't feel comfortable around the altar. I don't, I don't want to get to the point that, that I, I worry about the opinions of others, of what they're thinking, or, or will wonder what he, hey, it really doesn't make any difference. It's my relationship with Him that is most important than above everything else. I want to be right with Him. Because the truth of the matter is, if I'm right with Him, I'll be right with you. I have to. I, there's, but if I, have, if I get wrong with you, I'm already wrong with Him. And so I want to do that. But I appreciate you being here. If you will, I want you to open your Bible to the book of Job. The book of Job chapter number 1. The book of Job chapter number 1. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. And read down through verse number 12. Verse number 12. And if I I had a thought tonight that I I want to magnify, uh, it would be this thought tonight. Would you come to mind? Would you come to mind? And uh, notice as we begin reading here, uh, we'll read down through, as I said, verse number 12 and have just a word of prayer and bring you the thought that the Lord has uh, put upon my heart for the service tonight. The Bible said there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels and five hundred yoke of oxen and five hundred uh, uh, she-asses and a very great household so that this man, uh, this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one on his day, and sent and called for their three sisters uh, to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered up burnt offerings according uh, to the number of them all For Job said, It might be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down uh, in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, 
Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear a God for naught? Hast, thou, hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou, uh, thou hast blessed the works of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said, Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thine power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious and most kind Heavenly Father, Lord, we're indeed grateful for the opportunity and the privilege. Thank you for how our hearts have been reminded of how easy, Lord, it is for our hearts to become callous and indifferent to the, to the things of God and people around us. Thank you for that. And Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that, that Lord, I would remain tender. Lord, I, I do not want to, to get to the point that I, I miss seeing in what you're doing and I'm sensitive in how you're leading or whatever you desire for my life. Lord, I, I want to be used mightily of you. And Lord, I pray that you would give us uh, ears to hear tonight, illuminate my mind and, and stir my heart in the direction that, 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 that you need for me to go. And I love you and praise you for all that you're doing for we ask it in Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. When we come to the book of Job tonight, most likely I have read the majority of everything that most people really know about the book of Job. Matter of fact, most of the time when we think of the book of Job, if it were really were not for the first opening verses uh, most folks uh, uh, really wouldn't even know nothing about the book of Job. Matter of fact, most folks, uh, when you man, uh, tell them there's actually 42 chapters, uh, they're really surprised about that in the Word of God. But when we come to this particular passage, uh, we find a setting. And we find that there uh, is a man being introduced to us and as he is being introduced to us, and there he is uh, uh, being told a little about him, all of a sudden we become aware of verse number 6, uh, that there is a, a meeting going on. Uh, there, there is a meeting transpiring. And uh, no one else knows about it, but, but God and these particular uh, sons of God that have been invited there and and they're there in this meeting, and they're, uh, they're interacting, uh, and the word there where it says, uh, and they present themselves. Yeah. In other words, uh, they're there to place themselves, or offer themselves, or set themselves forth. Matter of fact, Albert Barnes said, uh, it's the language of a monarch. I have that he sent forth messengers and they, they have went out to the known uh, areas of the kingdom and, and they went out there and they, they've been uh, given prescribed jobs and they, they went out there and they've called for a meeting now and they reassembled to bring the news back of what's going on in the kingdom. And so a year this meeting is going on 
and God and the sons of God are there meeting together uh, Brother Smith and they're talking and they're conversing uh, uh, what is going on and there's interaction between them. But all of a sudden we find out uh, there is a visitor that shows up. Uh, there's an individual that shows up in that meeting and, and the Bible said there uh, in verse number 6 uh, and Satan came also among them. In other words, uh, I really don't know. I've studied it some. Uh, I've got two uh, uh, minds of thought that are going on here. Uh, But may I say, uh, uh, whether he's invited or not invited, or uh, whether he's summoned or not, uh, Brother Bobby, he may have been summoned uh, to that meeting uh, because this is the monarch. Uh, This is the man, that uh, God, that's ruling in the affairs uh, of the entire world and all the constellations and all that's going on. In other words, uh, he's called this meeting. And he may have even called Satan to show up, but but the Bible said that Satan shows up in the midst of this meeting. And all of a sudden, notice what transpired. All of a sudden, it's like nothing else matters but the conversation between God and Satan himself. And they begin to begin to interact. They, they begin to talk. And, and, and I, I say this, uh, uh, for those that are visiting, I, I say it uh, uh, everywhere I go. I said it at Brother Bobby's church uh, uh, the first time that I ever preached. Uh, when you read your Bible, read it in color. I live the event. In other words, uh, uh, you say, what are you talking about? In other words, you're going to gain some great insight. Now, when you begin to live this event and begin to examine what is transpiring here in this meeting, uh, all of a sudden uh, it's the God of heaven and it's the enemy of God and all the people of God. And they, they come and all of a sudden they're conversing one among another. And notice all of a sudden uh, it's God asking Satan questions. All of a sudden now uh, he's being interrogated. Uh, he's being, uh, uh, he's uh, must answer, he must respond uh, uh, to the uh, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And notice, I believe that there's three uh, major areas uh, that, that he must answer. Notice, first of all, he must answer for his travels. In other words, uh, uh, where, where have you been? What, what, have, you, what have you been up to? Uh, uh, what areas have, have, uh, have you been uh, uh, in? Uh, you say, well, notice he says, whence comest thou? Where, where is it that you've come from? How, what journeys have, have you been making? In other words, uh, he already knows uh, as the monarch where these other folks have been. Uh, he's already delegated. He's already sent them forth. And, but he wants to know, uh, well, what's your travels? Then notice, uh, secondly, I, I believe he wants to know, uh, Satan, what's your tactics? In other words, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, exactly what is it that, that you've been out there? We know where you've been now. You, we know what uh, your travels are. But what kind of tactics do you have? Uh, what, what is your business? He said, well, I've been going up to and fro. I've been uh, marching up and down the earth. Uh, I've, been, I've been seeking around. I've, I've been here. I've been there. I've, in other words, uh, I've been moving about. Uh, I've been out there. But I love this one. Uh, finally, uh, God gets to where exactly He wants to bring Him. Uh, you say, what do you mean? Uh, not only what's your travels, uh, uh, what's your tactics, but uh, He says this, what's your target? What's your target? In other words, uh, I've been out there moving up and down to and fro and out the earth. Well, well, well what's your target? And then uh, the good news is uh, God already knows what His target is. 
He already knows what it's and 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 he and he speaks up uh, uh, there uh, and he says, uh, "Hast thou considered? Hast thou considered my servant Job?" Uh, in other words, uh, uh, what you need to understand is that little word there. I love that word uh, uh, "considered." Uh, uh, it's made of two Greek words uh, or two Hebrew words. I'm sorry. Uh, the one is first word is to put, and the other word means heart or will or or the center of everything. In other words, uh, who's number one on your hit list? Who's the number one person that you set, Satan, that you set your heart on? Who's, who's the number one in, in your, uh, that if you had your will that, that it could be done? Uh, who, who is it that, that you would go after? Who is it that, that you would bring down? Uh, who is it that, that you would put uh, the crosshairs on and have the opportunity to pull, uh, pull the spiritual trigger and bring that person down? Who is it, Satan? If you consider Job, is he the man you're looking at? Is he the individual that 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 you've uh, that you've considered that that you're 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 looking at? Uh, uh, you say, well, uh, how do you know that maybe that 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 that's the case? Uh, may I say, uh, if you'll go on and study it out a little bit, uh, Satan knows a whole about whole, a whole lot about a man if he hadn't been looking at him. In other words, uh, he gets over there and says, uh, you know, you've got a hedge about him. Well, let me ask you a question. How do you know that there's a hedge there if you hadn't been walking around looking for a way in? How, how do you know? In other words, you say, what do you mean? Uh, in other words, uh, when that meeting occurs, uh, this conversation breaks out. Uh, God wants to know the travel. God wants to know the tactics. Uh, God wants to know the target. But he already knows the target. And he says, have you ever considered my servant, Job? Now, I want to pause here just for a moment. I want you to do a little thinking with me. Why is it that, that God chose Job? Why is it the devil chose Job? In other words, I, I, I don't mean this wrong, but, but there has to be a reason. Why, why didn't he choose a drunk down there somewhere? Why didn't he choose somebody out of a out of a harlot's home? In other words, uh, there there has to be a reason that 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 Job, uh, in the sight of God and the sight of Satan, there has to be a reason that 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 his name come up, that he becomes uh, the point of interest. Now think about this world in the heavenly world, uh, and then the a uh, demon world. Uh, the number one uh, person of interest uh, is Job. There has to be a reason for it. Now, you don't have to believe this, okay? But I'm going to tell you why I think he's the point of interest. I believe, Brother Smith, at this point in human history, that Job looks more like God than any other man walking in shoe leather at this point in time. In other words... Satan begins to think, he begins to look, and he's saying to himself, if I can't bring down God, I'm going to bring down the person that most looks like him, acts like him, and reveals the countenance of who he is. I'm going after number one. 
No, I, I'm not going to pass up. Uh, in other words, uh, pass on and, and move down the line uh, to those uh, folks out there that are half-hearted, uh, those out there that, that, that uh, uh, somehow have, have uh, uh, say one thing and, and live in another way. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going down there and I'm going to find the number one. I'm going to find the one that looks more like God than anybody and he's my number one objective. I'm going to bring him down. You say, well, how how did he how did he bear the resemblance? Uh, uh, what was there there about uh, uh, Job that 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 he was more like God than any other individual at that point in shoe leather? Look look with me real quick. Number one, Job was more like God in his person. He was more like God in his person. You say, what do you mean, Brother Bob? In other words, look up there. The Bible said there in verse number one that he was uh, that he was perfect and upright. And that he feared God and he skewed evil. That word perfect and upright means that he was perfect in his actions with respect to sin. In other words, he walked right. He lived right. In other words, when, when uh, uh, folks would look at Job and examine Job and look at the life of Job, uh, they, they, they would uh, carry on a, a communication with Job and, and business with Job and whatever it was uh, out there in the secular world, uh, when they would look at him and they would examine his life and listen to his words, uh, you know what they knew? Here is a man that wants to live right, do right, and be right. Matter of fact, uh, I'm not going to go over there, but, but may I say when, when them so-called three friends showed up. Hey, I want to tell you something. They lied on Job. They tried to dig out hidden sin. They tried to uh, somehow say, well, you weren't right in your business dealings and, and you did this and you acquired this wrong and you did that wrong. May I say, uh, there was no truth to that. May I say, if you'd have done a search uh, uh, here in the early first chapter number one, and you know, went out uh, looking around for a neighbor, looking around for someone to bring a, an accusation against Job, you know what they'd had to do? They had to do, Brother Smith, the same thing they did to the Lord Jesus Christ. They'd had to get counterfeits. Uh, they'd had to get liars. Uh, they'd had to get individuals uh, that knew uh, that Job was right, but they'd have to get a false witness against him. Because he knew how to live. He knew how to conduct himself. He knew how to have a, a heart to, uh, for others and the needs of others. But then notice, not only was he perfect and upright, it has to, uh, has to do with his actions towards sin. But notice he, he, he made this comment. He said, he escheweth evil. That's his attitude towards sin. Now, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I want to tell you, uh, you need to understand there's a big difference between carrying on the activities of sin and having an attitude towards sin. Hey, there's a lot of folks that walking around and they've got their thumbs under their pails and uh, they don't smoke and they don't chew. But I want to tell you, friend, when it comes to the attitude of sin, I want to tell you, their hearts are corrupt. 
Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If you'll study this word out here, may I say, I I wish I could say it of me, but it's not true. The word eskewit there literally means to turn off. Do you know how most of us are? We're not turned off by sin. We're turned on by sin. You say, I don't believe that. Well, let me ask you a question. How come Walmart believes it? How, how, how come every major advertiser, whether they're selling milk or car, they know exactly what to turn you on with? Amen. What in the world has a naked woman got to do with a bottle of milk? What, 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 is, what, what is wealth and, and the illusion of wealth got to do with drinking that, that fermented corn and, and that stuff that will rot you and kill and destroy your life and your family? Why don't they show the real picture? Why don't they show that mangled up mess of of metal down there where some drunken driver has got out there and run over a family and destroyed them? Why don't they show you a bunch of little kids somewhere crying because uh, there's nothing to eat and there's nothing but a single parent left in a home because dad was in some drunken stupor that he, he spent everything they had. But when it comes to Job, you know what? He's got a character like God. You say, well, can God sin? No, he can't sin. Ain't nothing in him to draw him towards sin. And he's always, you know, a verse that that, that I I won't say it's my favorite verse, but, but I find myself over and over and over in times, will not the God of all the earth do right? Hey, I want to tell you, you you may not understand what's going on in your life, but I've got some news for you. It's right. It'll be right. It'll always be right. You say, why? Because he can't do you wrong. And here's a man when Satan walks up to the fence. uh, He can't get in, but he looks over there. And you know what he sees? Uh, He may not know his name, but I'll tell you what he does. He knows he looks exactly like God in his character. Then notice, secondly, not only does Job look like God in his person, but he looks like God in his position. You say, what do you mean? Look at verse number 2. There were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. In other words, he's a father. And he has a love for a family. He's the progenitor of life. In other words, uh, uh, here's what, here's what, uh, uh, what uh, uh, the Satan knows. Just like God reproduces after his kind, Job's reproducing after his kind. In other words, he's raising that family. He's, uh, he's bringing that family up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. In other words, uh, uh, here he is. Uh, he's given life to some children. And those children ultimately will be raised to the point that they too will honor God. To whereby one of these days uh, when Satan uh, looks over, he not only sees one person that looks like God, he sees a, a family that looks like God. I'll tell you one of the things that most excites me, I... I love uh, I love people that that want to serve God. People want to honor God. But Mother Smith, the biggest thing that moves my heart is when I see a family that wants to serve God. Amen. It tells me that they ain't lost them. I go to meetings and I see a family get up and sing, a father and a mother and some kids or, or, or sisters or a group. It moves my heart. You say, why? I know something's being done right in the home. I know there's a dad and a mom that's honoring God and doing something for God. 
when he looked over there, he saw an image that looked like God in his person. He saw an image that looked like God in his position. But then notice in verse number 3, Job was like God in his positions. In other words, there was nobody compared to him. In other words, he had, the, he had the wealth of this world. I mean, you start reading. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Uh, you know, uh, oh, uh, Elijah come from a pretty, a pretty sound home there. He was the seventh one, a plowing over there with the yoke of oxen. But notice here, old Job, when he gets to talk about his substance was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 uh, camels and 500 yoke, 500 yoke of oxen. In other words, uh, he is a man that, 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 that there's a, a positions, there's wealth that is there, and the wealth and the positions have not destroyed him. Well, you say, who's our God? He's, he, he's, he's the God that, that, that the, the Bible teaches us that, that, that everything from, uh, from every beast in uh, uh, the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. In other words, uh, I've got news for you. If you haven't figured it out, God owns it all. It's all His. Every bit of it's His. And so here, here old, old Satan is, he walks up to the fence. And here's a man of, uh, 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 that, that, that resembles in position, that resembles in person, that resembles in, in positions. Uh, in other words, uh, uh, here he looks and, and it's almost like, is that God I'm looking at? But then notice secondly, or excuse me, notice, notice fourthly, Job's like God in his priestly work. You say, what do you mean? Well, notice uh, uh, this family that he's raising He's got them seven boys, got them three girls. They get out there and, and what they're doing, there's nothing evil in what they're doing. They're getting together in a family-like setting and they invite their sisters and they feast together and they're, they're, they have a family time together. There, there's nothing wrong with any of that, what they're doing. But Job says, you know, there just might be there just might be the chance that somehow that they in their process of, of, of coming together or whatever it is that they have done, that they just might somehow have, have uh, said something, uh, uh, that they have done something that, that is unpleasing uh, uh, to God, that somehow uh, that, 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 that when they have gotten together that, that God has not been pleased in what they what they have done they've somehow in this time that they, they've sinned and the curse God something's happened and I know what I'm going to do I'm going to end I enter in as a priest in behalf of them I'm going to begin to pray for them I'm going to begin to make offerings for them you say what's he doing he's putting a hedge about his family You say, why couldn't Satan get to Job the first time? God put a hedge about him. Amen. In other words, God said, you can't get at him, devil. He's mine. He belongs to me, and you're not going to get to him. And you say, well, what's old Job doing? Old Job's saying to the devil the same thing. They're mine. You're not going to get to him. 
In other words, uh, I'm going to put a hedge up. I'm going to pray a hedge up. Uh, you, you say, well, uh, what do you mean, Brother Bob? In other words, I want to tell you something. God would have never, if Job had never been a, a priestly figure in his character and have stood for his family like he was, God would have never chose him out of that. You say, well, no, I want you to notice this just for a second. Notice the season of this intercession. Notice in verse 5, it's, 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 it's currently or that day uh, when the day of their feasting was gone. In other words, uh, uh, he, he doesn't wait. He doesn't, he doesn't delay or, or wait for something to happen. In other words, uh, uh, while they're doing that, while they're active doing that, that very day, Brother Smith, he begins to pray. He begins to raise up that, that hedge of protection. But I love this. Not only is it currently, look at verse number 5, it's constantly Notice it says, and rose up early in the morning. Not only is it that day, but every day. Every day. In other words, uh, he, the, the, the meeting's going on, they're having this time. He gets up early in the, morning, the next morning, the very next day, you know what he's doing? He's praying for them. He, he's interceding for them. He's, he's building a wall of, of protection about them. But notice this in verse number verse number five. Not only is it currently and constantly, but it's continually. Verse number verse number five. Thus did Job continue. If you're taking notes, write this. That day, every day, eternally. You say, what's Job doing? He's interceding. He's building a wall. He's building a hedge. He's being that priest of his household, standing between them and the devil. He's right there. And may I give you the glorious news? May I say? that day every day every day continually what's God doing thank God we have a great high priest that's seated there at the right hand of the Father on high that daily and ever liveth to make intercessions for us you say what's your point let me ask you a question you've been building any hedges recently I don't know why I need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's times in our life, as couples or whatever, that's necessary for, for both of them to work. I'll ask you a question, men. When's the last time you prayed a hedge of protection about your wife where she's down there to keep them, them infidels and them whoremongers away from her? Before I ever was called to preach, I worked for a place called North Electric. I worked the, I worked the second shift. And I'd say, the, I'd say the ratio of men to women was probably about, I, I, I was going to say, I was going to say 1 to 20, but it's probably higher than that. And when I worked in the, I worked in the, the metal fabrication, there wasn't hardly, there wasn't hardly too many in there. But in the, in the process lines, they were probably, they were probably several hundred women worked in the process lines. And they'd be, they'd be one or two men over those process lines. And it always, it always be something like this. You know, if I was your husband, you wouldn't have to do what you're doing. Or maybe, and, and let me may say this, ladies, you better be careful who you share your troubles with. 
Because there's folks out there looking for inroads. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you start sharing your troubles with the wrong ear. And some little game rooster, all of a sudden, he'll he'll be telling you how good he'd have it if you didn't if you didn't put up with him. Can I ask you a question, fellas? When's the last time you prayed a hedge about your about your wife, ladies? When's the last time you prayed a hedge to protection about your husband? There's some families that know something about that. There's some individuals out there that that it's it's almost like a notch on a gun. I'll get them. You just watch. I'll get them. When's the last time you prayed a hedge about your children? In other words, when the devil looked over that fence and looked over at old Job, you know what he saw? He saw somebody just like God in high priestly work building a hedge about his family. But then notice, not only the season, he did it continue. Notice the city. In other words, he sent and he called for them. He brought them in. In other words, and, and the service, he, he, he sanctified them. He made offerings. And, and there was none of them. Notice the scope of it. According to the number of them all. Didn't leave none of them out. There was none of them that he didn't pray for. You know what I'm glad? I'm glad that we've got a high priest never left none of us out. I'm glad we've got a high priest that knows exactly every one of us, knows the needs of every one of us, knows exactly how to pray for us, knows exactly how to intervene for us. In other words, when old, when old Satan comes in, the Lord begins to question about, about who's your number one target. He, 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 he's, he's the target because he, he looks like God. But then let me, let, me, let me give you the last one. Not only, not only is Job a target because of his person and because of his, his position, his position, his priestly work, but Job is like God because of his pardon and his prayers. You say, what are you talking about? His pardon and his prayers. Remember, remember those, those fellows that showed up that unjustly charged him? You say, who'd they claim to be? They claimed to be his friends. And when they got over there, you say, what did they do? They knifed him in the back. In other words, they, they didn't lift him up. May I say, before, uh, before uh, he finally told them, he said, you're a miserable company, you are. I like what one, one fellow, a friend of mine used to say, great friends can become great foes. In other words, they're not, they're not, they're not exalting. They're not, they're not lifting up. In other words, uh, he's being wounded by his friends. May I remind you that Jesus said he was wounded in the house of his friends. But here's old Job pulling the knife out of his back. And the Lord comes to him and says, Job, pray for your friends. Forgive your friends. 
Pardon your friends. And he looked at them boys and he said, go ask Job to pray for you. And they come over there and you know what? With the softness of the heart of a Savior that would hang on a cross and say, Father, forgive them for they know what, what they do. From the softened heart of a man just like God, Job, free of animosity and hatred, began to pray for the very people that, that, that knifed him, that talked about him, that, that, that belittled him, that, that did everything they could to destroy him. Now think about this just for a moment and I'm through. Here God has a meeting with the sons of God. They come in. He's the monarch. And he's dispatched all these people out to work and they've come in to give news. As they begin to give news, Satan shows up in the midst. I don't know if he's been, been commissioned to come or whatever, but he comes in and he's there. And, and, and it's almost like the sovereign of the universe looks at him and says, okay, it's time to give an account. Where's your travels? What's your tactics? Who's your target? And before, before Satan can ever tell him, which he's not going to tell him the truth, you say, why? Because the Bible said he's the lie. He's a father of lies. So, so God says, have you considered? Have you set your heart upon this fellow? Because, you know, even though he asked where he'd been and what he'd been doing, may I say there's a sovereign God knows exactly where Satan is. He knows exactly what he's doing tonight. He, listen, there, there's, not, there's not a thing in the world going on in any universe that God does not know what's happening right now. And so he asked him, have you considered? Because you know what he knew? He knew there was nobody in the universe at that point in time, at that point in history, that looked more like God than Job did. That brings me to this question. If there was a meeting going on in heaven right now, and the monarch of all the ages was to meet with the sons of God and Satan would be called into the midst, and God would begin to discuss his travels and discuss his tactics, and finally they'd come down to the point that they had to decide who's the target. Would you come to mind? Would you come to mind? Because the truth of the matter is, friend, God is no respecter of person. There's none of us that cannot attain and enjoy the opportunity of being a Christ-like character for any reason whatsoever. Are you tonight on God's radar? Are you tonight on the devil's radar? Are you a threat to the point that you would even be considered a target to bring you down because of the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ? May I remind you what the Bible said? We have been predestinated to be conformed to the image of God's dear Son. If there's anybody in this world that ought to look like Christ, it ought to be you and it ought to be me. Would you come to mind if there was a meeting tonight in the portals of heaven? Would you stand, please?